and welcome to another episode of the Rage and Marks Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, TNK, alongside Ravishing Randy. Good to be back in studio as always. Happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Thank you. Ramsey, how many uh, illegitimate bastard children have you fathered over the years? Probably about like 15 or so. But I got at least one that, that's, that's doing good. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you a little pat on the back there, sir. Happy Father's Day, buddy. Uh, I appreciate it. Well, I was going to say, in light of the fact that we're recording this the day after Father's Day, we thought we'd do something a little different, a little more laid back this week, and we kind of talk about um, some of the more well-known second and third generation, uh, you know, wrestlers, superstars uh, in the world of wrestling, you know, talk about fathers or legacies their sons and then the sons of those sons and, you know, just kind of, you know, delve into some of the better tandems, so to speak, or just go down some of the more notable ones. Um I had come across the list, and, and granted, this is dated from 2012, so this was uh, from Bleacher Report of their top 25 best second and third generation wrestlers ever. Now, it, it, going through this list, you can sit there and definitely see that this list is dated. You can definitely tell it's over 11 years old. But I figured this would be a good kind of starting off point, at least talking about uh, some of the names that are on this list, and then we can... Go ahead and throw in some of the more modern names because uh, you definitely have a lot of second and third generation superstars that are making an impact in the world of wrestling today. Um, coming in at number 25 on this list was Greg Gagne, son of Vern Gagne. And I mean, granted, this list said um, top 25 WWE wrestlers, and I don't recall Greg Gagne ever wrestling for the Federation. But they own AEW. Yeah, they owned all of the all. I mean, um, AWA, AWA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what I said? AEW. Uh, give it five years. <laughs> nah, man. Like uh, I was gonna say, I mean, Vern Gagne, of course, very legendary wrestler. Um, you know, had a hand in training a lot of big name superstars like Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. TNK, what are some of your thoughts about the Ganya family? Well, just a little bit was talking about, or Ranzi was talking about, like, the AWA, the legacy of that, like, Vern Gagne producing the results of the Steamboat, Ric Flair, training them. If it wasn't for Vern Gagne, there wouldn't be a Ric Flair. And just think about what professional would be without having the man. If there wasn't a Vern Gagne, there would be no Hulk Hogan. There uh, would be no WWF as we know it today. You, you probably are right, because if you want to just touch on that for a second, uh, after Hulk Hogan decided to do Rocky Three, they were um, they he kicked them out of WWF and Senior kicked Hulk Hogan out because of that. And then he went to AWA, kind of became a star, even though they didn't put the freaking belt on him. They teased it, but they never did. And then you know Hogan became a bigger star in that period while being at AWA. And eventually Vince Junior bought the company, brought him back, and then there goes you know Hulkamania. But no, the Ganes are priv so pivotal back when the sport was still real. Um, AWA was the biggest, probably the second biggest wrestling promotion in the '80s until you know they fell out and then became. They, they were they were the one of the premier uh, organizations, I'd say, in the late '70s, early '80s, and then eventually uh, Crockett Promotions became the secondary, like Georgia and Florida, yeah. definitely started to take over. Um, I mean, look, Greg Gagne um, had some legendary feuds in the AWA with like Kurt Hennig. Adrian Adonis, Ken Patera, Nick Pat Bach Patterson, Bachwinkle. I mean, um, list goes on and on there. Um, 
I was going to say, like, uh, getting the list started off at 25. They're also, Greg Gagne is probably most responsible for all the superstars we're growing up, what we were growing up with. They all got their start there. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, Mr. Perfect. You know, I, I mean, yeah. like, look, Mr. Perfect. Well, dude, no, you uh, had the, uh, the, the, uh, the Rockers, Sheik. the Shawn Michaels, Rockers, Razor Ramon. Yeah, that's right. Scott Hall, Kurt Henning. I mean, if you actually think about it, they first they they they, they produce the two greatest champions of our time. They're Hogan and and Flair. Yeah. So I mean that, that's I mean shit, and they were in the hotbed in Minnesota. Go look how many wrestlers look at came out of guys, exactly. Minnesota. The Road Warriors, um, Rick Rude, Nikita Koloff. Nikita Koloff. Yes, absolutely. Coming in at number 24 on this list, we have Chavo Guerrero Sr., Grant, uh, or Chavo Guerrero Jr., son of Chavo Guerrero Sr., Senior. and Gory Guerrero, uh, grandson of Gory Guerrero. Um, I mean, like, when we think of, like, those names, Gory, I, I think um, definitely a bigger name, I would say, in, in Mexico. And granted, kind of caught on in the, in the U.S. later in his career. Chavo Guerrero Sr., I don't really have too much to say about him or any recollection of him. Ramsey, you're the resident grandpa here in the studio. Any Anything you can add about uh, Chavo Sr.? I don't remember Chavo Sr. No, nah, Chavo Sr. was so much older that, than that's, Eddie. That's, that's like, whew. Because, like, he was Eddie's brother, but he was so much different in separation by age that, like, Chavo, even though he was technically Eddie's nephew, was more like... They were more brothers you know, than anything like, yeah, else. Exactly. They yeah. were like only a few years apart. Um, I don't remember who had the the uh, was it the Guerrero stretch or the the bomb the Guerrero bomb they would finish one of the I don't know gory stretch the gory stretchers. Um, but no, I mean in Mexican wrestling, just the Guerrero name, the legacy. All the brothers wrestled, and then you have Chavo Junior. You know, I mean, like you know, Chavo of course cut his teeth in WCW. Uh, would go on to have a fairly decent career in WWE, definitely outshadowed by his uncle Eddie. Um, but I mean, still had some highlights. What was the uh, what was the character that Chavo played, where he tried to make himself like a oh my uh, god, you no. know, high class white guy? He was oh god, that <laughs> no, god, I got to think of that name because it was so it was offensive. But it's like something white. It was. It was Curtis White or. Um, it, uh, God, yeah, Dolph Ziggler as his uh, caddy. <laughs> like, God, it was so bad. I'm so glad they cut it. Uh, but I was yeah, gonna I was gonna say Ra- Ramsey's gonna go ahead I and mean, get on the. Well, while uh, we were Google talking about AWA real quickly, and we don't have to go down that list, but uh, we can check on the list as we can. But while you were thinking Kurt Henning, I'm like, shit, Larry Henning, you know, Kurt's father. Well, I, I was gonna say we were gonna eventually get to him on the list because he's definitely okay. up there. Oh, they gotta be on there. Uh, I was just kind of looking down names as well. Yeah, I was going to say up, up, up. Yep, number five. Kerwin White. Kerwin, Kerwin White. There White. we go. I forgot about this fucking, uh, oh how he God. looked in this. This shit is fucking <laughs> stupid. Yeah, with, the sweater, with the sweater tied around his uh, shoulders. and. Oh, yeah, he was just trying to hold. That, like That is, Yeah. that picture is, yeah, yeah. That, that, that would not fly right now. No, not in today's day and age, absolutely not. And I think they realized that then it wasn't going to work, so they 
Oh, but I think Eddie passed away soon after that, so mm-hmm. they cut it so we can go back to being, gr- you know. Yeah, keep the Guerrero name going. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say, you brought, that shit. you brought up Mr. Perfect. He comes in at number five on this list, you know, oh, son of Larry the Axe Hennig, and then he's the father of um, Curtis Axel, Michael McGillicuddy, whatever you want to refer to him as. Superstar, yeah, that's right. Um, but I mean, dude, like we, we were touching on perfect, like definitely cut his chops in AWA, former AWA champion, goes on to the WWE, one of, uh, you definitely say maybe top three intercontinental champions, maybe, if not top three, definitely top five. Well, did you, you got to realize how hard it was to get in the business when Larry the Axe Henning was there because they just didn't let any mumbo jumbo get in like off the street. You had to be a tough guy. Roddy Roddy Piper's first match was against... Um, Curtis, did, like, or um, Larry Henning. Larry Henning. And he beat the shit out of the poor kid, you know? So that just shows you how far back he's been and what he's done. And, yeah, I mean, think about it. If it wasn't for that, we would have no Kurt Henning. Well, I was going to say, you're talking about getting the shit beat out of you. We were talking about Hogan earlier. We are talking about one of the first times Hogan got in a ring when he was learning the business. Had his leg broken. Ba- basically, it was like, hey, if, if you... Like that was their way of running you off. It was like you either oh, they, commit. I think he got Piper got his nose broken. Just like you know, he was a scrawny little hundred and sixty pound kid against a three hundred pound man. Like uh, that. Look, that's how they did in the olden days. Like, they fucked you like, up. Hey they buddy, were gonna make sure you wanted to be now, a part of this life. Now we should probably do a show one of these days. Like I was thinking about. You ever seen like the old school jobbers of the nineties? Like just go on YouTube and like see what they used to do. That like, that's what they did to them back in the seventies, but like a little worse. Like they fucked you up. Oh, absolutely. Um, going back to the list, uh, we had Alberto Del Rio coming in at number 23, the son of Dos Caras. Uh, I like, you move on from that one. Yeah, I, really look, I, I was going to say, one, you know, granted, again, this list is showing its age. I could definitely Although, say I will say this about uh, Alberto Del Rio that made me laugh. Um, I didn't realize he fought Mirko Krokop in uh, Pride. And I got his ass whooped and knocked out. So I saw that. I was like, oh, okay. I think that was like the first time he got cut from WWE. He was talking about how he was going to get into MMA. Oh, no. This was before. He had like uh, an MMA before. background before uh, then. Before, before yeah. that. Well, I know there was a talk when he got let go the first time. He's like, oh, well, I guess I'll go do mixed martial arts. Didn't or Mirko like just fucking murder him? Oh, he just murdered him. Yeah. That's what Mir- Mir- uh, they were just feeding him opponents. And I mean, kudos to Alberto stepping in the ring with him. But damn. That back in the day when he when Mirko was at in Pride, that dude was a fucking killer. Bro, he was, you know, motherfucker. Uh, Damn you, Ramsey. Yeah, Ramsey had to you, open man. his fucking no, mouth. You, don't you. Now Wake Forest is taking the lead in the bottom of the eighth. You piece of shit. Anyway, <laughs> uh, coming in at number twenty-two on the list, we have Hubitu Guerrera, son of Fuerza Guerrera. Um, dude, Hoobie Juice. I mean, like one of the most exciting cruiserweights to watch in the late ni- or mid to late nineties of WCW. When it came to the cruiserweight division, I mean, obviously your first go-to is going to be um, either Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, and then when you say maybe Dean Malenko, and then you're going to get to Hoobie. Hoobie's going to be in that top five list for pretty much everybody. Hoobie uh, to Guerrero, I remember his match with um, Rey Mysterio in ECW. Two out of three falls, man. That match was freaking awesome. They went outside and did shit. So. Just think about that for a second. Rey Mysterio and Hoobie wrestled in ECW back in the day, like, 95, maybe 96, early 96. So Early 96. Yeah, dude, like, oof. It was a, they were pivotal in bringing that uh, Lucha Libre style across into the uh, America, Hoobie and those guys. Who? Like, so 
I was saying like you know just Hooventude, Ray, all those guys. Are I know, but so what, what promotion? Oh. ECW. Oh, okay. Yeah. WCW. No, no, it was ECW. Yeah. I was gonna say you gotta pay attention, man. Right. He was, uh, you, no, he was giving. He's, he's, no, he's doing his. Uh, he's doing his job. He's uh, taking notes, coming up with something. I was about to say like, don't say WCW brought in the, that stuff. No, no, it was ECW. ECW. I just make sure but it got WCW brought it to the masses. So, yeah, thank you. Correct. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Coming in at number twenty-one on this list from twenty twelve, we got Dustin Rhodes, Gold Dust, son of the American Dream, Dustin Rhodes. They put them all over at twenty-one. Wow, I figured that would have been a little higher, maybe because it was ten years or so. Now that we know what we know with Cody, it would be a lot. Well, Co- Cody, Cody's going to appear a little bit later on this list, but again, oh, we're talking about okay. 2012 Cody and not the Cody of today. Exactly. Like I said, when we get through this list, we can possibly go through and reorder this thing how we see it. I was just saying this was kind of a good jumping-off point to at least get the conversation going. But I mean, dude, Dustin Rhodes, when he was in WCW, always kind of felt like he was in his father's shadow. He was always billed as like the next big thing he was the natural you know like like he was gonna be the next star and it never quite hit he, that mark he technically was in wwf in the late 80s for a brief period window and it was kind of like can't get out of the fall of the shadow then he went to wcw uh early 90s and it just same same feeling with uh dustin rhodes he just kind of felt like that baby face vanilla baby face that's only here because of his dad you know it was when he made the jump over to the WWF, and he became, you know, the uh, androgynous, he owned uh, the bizarre gold dust and I that feel he got. Bad over. That you know whether or not Vince McMahon did that as a way to punish the Rhodes family, but either way, he took that, knocked it out of the park, and we remember him for being gold dust. It got him known, and and now he, you know, I disagree with the WCW, WCW run. I think that yeah, shit was a good. I you think he what? was good. He was a good, solid mid-card wrestler. Good, solid mid-card wrestler, but he never really got over that hump. I and, and you can also say that he didn't really get over that hump in WWF, like to that main event stratosphere. You know what? I will retract my statement, and I apologize. No, Ramsey's uh, right. Uh, Gold, I mean, Dustin Rhodes actually did have a very good mid-card run, and it was a shame we didn't get to see what could have been because he got fired after that uh, Texas truck match at 95 wcw whatever <laughs> they bled on the fucking you know the barnyard whatever the whole you're in the back yeah. of a truck wrestling in a truck bed and with hay and you, you're supposed to ring a bell or whatever and they bled you're supposed to get from one side of the truck to the other but and ring think a bell. he could have stayed in wcw and i'm not saying he would have been successful because eventually hogan took over and there's no way you're going to get past hogan nobody did S- but you never know well no i just i i I, I don't think he was able to really stand on his own until he left WCW. And he was able to... I think he made a bigger name for himself in the WWE. Oh, no doubt about that. You can say what you want about yeah, the Goldust yeah, character. The, 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 the Goldust characters is... I know we're, we're going to be doing a show about all three of them, but Dustin's U.S. title run in WCW was a one of the probably top ten... U.S. title runs in, in the history of the title. It was a good, he, good run. He did have a decent run with the belt. I, yes, I will give you that one. Yeah. And also, too, and, and discredit, not to discredit him, but it's hard to look at how many second-generation gen, second wrestlers, how, how they did not outshine their dad. It's, it's dusty fucking roads. You're not going to outshine your dad. No. But, but, but 
what Dustin did as that mid-card draw and that mid-card worker was able now to let Cody become that superstar. Well, yeah, I can't really think to that. <laughs> no, that's, that was well said. We'll let, we'll let you have the last word there. Um, coming in at number 20 on the list, we have Dory Funk Jr., son of Dory Funk Sr. And, well, it's, that's the thing. You're getting me with that because I want to keep adding them. Like, hey, you got to add Dory Funk and Terry Funk. Terry Funk uh, is later on the list. See, that's, that's a dumb list. We're, <laughs> we're going up, TNK. We're counting down to the number one on their list. See, I, I, I'm going to tell you about, the, about that list. And I'm just now hearing, just like hearing what you, we were talking about, how this list goes. It should not be ranked as the sons. It should be ranked as the father who has a product of the sons. I yeah. think that would have been a better list because... Well, it's the, the best Dusty second and third generation superstars. Yeah, but not you best got first generation. Well, you had... But, but Dory, Dory Sr. had Dory Jr. and, and Terry. Terry Funk. Right. So that's two generations. That right. should have been his dad. The, the Dory Sr., should have been like they, they should put Dory Senior ranked and then have his reasons Terry Dory Junior. Yeah, but this isn't like I said. This isn't the the ranking of the best first generation. I wrestlers. understand it, but it's I mean best I second I and third I generation it, like I, I I think it should have been done the other way because it would have made more. You put more but weight the on, on their sons. I'm, I'm, it is interesting that they put. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess you yeah. Obviously, Terry Funk's the legend, but Dory Funk. Two people forget that. I mean, he was, I believe, the NWA champion before his brother, and he held the belt numerous times. He was the babyface of the territory that they always went to. Because back then, for NWA, you had to be approved by the committee, and Dory Funk Jr. held that title many times and for a long time, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, he had um, he he was involved in uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated just matches of the year. Um, with his bouts against Harley Race, Jack Bisco. He had a pretty good tag team with his brother Terry uh, yeah, for a while there. And, I mean, if you want to look at uh, Dory Funk Jr.'s probably bigger contributions to the industry, might not be as well known, but the fact that he trained Kurt Angle, Edge, Jeff Hardy. That's right, yeah. You know, that might be some of his biggest contributions to the industry right there. He created the Texas Cloverleaf uh, submission hold. Nice. So there, there's another big contribution still in use today i'll give you a little hit uh the guy that also made that move over in the mid 90s oh, he appears a little later okay, on this his list. father was a wrestler too yeah <laughs> uh coming in at 19 we have tully blanchard son of joe blanchard yeah i don't know anything about his dad i kind of i remember terry uh or tully blanchard was a very good quarterback uh was it west texas um you know he's just all around good athlete i believe he played with uh ted DiBiase. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's another one that hopefully should be on that list later. Okay, you may very and well uh, you know, totally he had a great run, uh, mid to late eighties with. Uh, Would that count though? What's that? Uh, Ted DiBiase. Would that count? Because he was adopted to his to his. Uh, oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. He was adopted. Like his his dad, uh, they adopted him when he was a when he was a kid. That's not that's not blood. It was not blood. No, uh, did, uh, he did wrestle though. I want to say. Oh, he did. He did. He was. Okay, he died yeah, in the ring. Yeah. He had a heart attack in, in the ring. Nineteen sixty. I didn't know that. See, yeah. I didn't even know that. All right. Well, look. Favorite wrestler is Million Dollar Man. Yeah, so. Good information as always. Um, but I thought the bunch had a good feud. His with documentary is very well good too. His doc. 
the documentary. DiBiase or totally? Yeah, DiBiase. Oh, okay. oh, of course, yeah. And I was just working on lies. They just did, uh, I need to pick up on, I was watching a little bit of Magnum TA. I mean, Magnum TA's biggest rivalry was Tully Blanchard. Yep. Yeah. And, and I tell you what, that, uh, you motherfucker, see, Ramsey, you opened your goddamn mouth. First thing, it, it's sad for you guys to fucking lose away Forest. You mean the number one team in the nation? We were number one for a long while there, but. Here, here, you want you want to know the stat? In the last, I think, fifteen years, the number one seeded in the tournament has not won a national championship. So, right. you're gonna, you guys gonna play them again? Yeah, I was gonna say we. Well, you guys uh, next going to play Tennessee? Yeah, we play Tennessee. Ooh, shaking the boots. Mm. Yeah, College World Series can't help it. LSU, that's our team, or well, at least me and Randy's. But yeah. Oh, well, hey, I support oh, LSU, yeah. but I I'm do. just going to say, I'm just you do. I have to wear North Carolina color. It, Wake Forest is playing, and it's sad that LSU has let me down and lost to Wake Forest. Yeah, I know it's funny because like last time we did a podcast, I think the Nuggets won right at the final. We kind of had to chime in. I'm sorry, guys. We do this on Monday. Shit happens. We get kind of like we got to live our lives too. Yeah, anyway. can't have time to. No, but uh, to the point that you had brought up earlier, TK, TNK, uh, yeah, no, the Magnum TA um, Dark Side of the Ring was actually pretty good. Um, so I definitely would recommend checking that out. Um, kind of sucks, like, when you really sit there and think about the what-ifs, like, if Magnum TA doesn't get in that car wreck. I mean, they were grooming him to be he their was version be of Hulk their Hogan. top babyface for Crockett Promotions, and he would have been. Didn't know that it was uh, Andre the Giant that uh, came up with the Magnum TA moniker. No, me neither. I know that. I didn't finish watching it, but I'm going to definitely tune into that one. But, uh, yeah, let's go to the next. Uh, I'll give next. this one. I'll give a shout-out to Magnum TA being one of the greatest godfathers there is because he is the godfather of Cody. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I was going to say, speaking of Cody, comes in at number 18 on this list. And this is dated. Yeah, no, I was going to say, again, this is going back to 2012, so it could only be higher up on I mean, this we list. We can re-rank this later on when we're yeah. done. Because yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. That, 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 I think that's kind of the whole point because okay. there's also some names that don't appear on this list that we need to talk about uh, just because of what they're doing in the industry today. Uh, we got Barry Windham coming in at number 17, son of Black Jack Mulligan. Oh, that absolutely has to be on there 100%. Oh, yeah. Do you think maybe he's a little too low? Granted, we haven't really gone farther in the list. I need to hear the rest of the list, but no. What, what number you, you got? We're on 17. No, that might be right. I'd have to hear the rest of the names. But, you know, the, uh, the Blackjack Mulligans were a great tag team of the 70s, dominant. And then Barry Wyndham doesn't get his just due, man. Uh, I think he was world champion one time where he wrestled Ric Flair. and then But he was a great United States. He was part of the Four Horsemen that I think is the Four Horsemen, Barry Wyndham. When you, like, to me, when you think of the best version of the Four Horsemen, I don't think it's, I don't think it's Ole. I think it's, it's Barry Wyndham. I give Wyndham. it Barry. And I think Ric Flair would even admit that, too. I, I mean, look, there was a reason why whenever they inducted the Horsemen into the Hall of Fame, they inducted Arn, they inducted Tully, they inducted Rick, and they inducted Barry Wyndham. That's, I mean, to me, that is your peak pinnacle four horsemen right oh yeah there. and uh barry was a great worker man he would do 60 hour broadways great u.s great, champion great u.s champion yeah no I'm, and the fact that his dad was blackjack mulligan is like damn that's like i would hate to have to piss his dad off got greg the hammer valentine coming in at number 16 son of johnny valentine i mean like he had some legendary 
bouts in the early 80s when it came to, like, NWA. I mean, dog collar match with Roddy Piper. I mean, like, look, the fact that CM Punk referenced that in his dog collar feud with MJF, will you be my Valentine? It like, was a great play on words, and I love that. But, mm-hmm. like, Greg Valentine, you forget just how good of a wrestler he was because he was still kind of before our time. Like, with back in, like, the 70s, he was a tag team with Ric Flair. And then he kind of did his own thing, which is a tough SOB. Him and Piper had an f- awesome feud. Um, I like one of my one of my lasting visuals of like Greg the Hammer Valentine was um, when you and I were at WrestleCon. Oh, I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Yes. Oh, dude. So it. like this guy paid Greg the Hammer Valentine. He's like, I want you to chop me, and he's like, You sure you want well, that? No, he's like, No, could, I want you to chop well, me. Well, you could pay to either be chopped or pay to be put in the figure four. So yeah. you would pay Greg, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine to chop you. When I say that Greg the Hammer Valentine laid in this chop on this big dude, oh, that dude, like you could, no. it was a loud thud that oh, you no. could hear Randy, all throughout. The, 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 here's why it was so loud as it was, because the first one was kind of like it, he didn't hit the marker, and the fans were like, boo. everybody oh, was yeah. like, boo, and it's like, uh oh, we just, dude, the next one, oh, buddy, you better toughen that up because it's gonna hurt. Oh, dude, no, when he you, laid when he it in so good. hit him that second time, you just heard it throughout the entire dude, the sugar sh- mill. Yeah, the sugar mill fucking it it like, echoed. Whoa. And when I say that dude dropped, he dropped. I mean, it was literally like he was shot dead, like just fucking collapsed. Like, he got him good. But, I mean, like, when I think of Greg the Hammer Valentine, aside from, like, the dog collar match with Roddy Piper, I also think of um, his, his tag team run with the Honky Tonk Man. Oh, rhythm and blues. Look, yeah, I felt so bad because they're like you just kind of got paid. Like I think they did it to him on purpose to kind of give him like a personality because he was so serious and just an ass kisser. He ass had kisser no. He had like no personality. No, he really did. He was a tough son of a bitch. He yeah. looked like a. a, a combina- oh, he's gonna kick my ass if I say that. He looked kind of like an old like an old grandma and like your PE teacher, but like they would just fuck you up. You know what I mean? Like he was brutally <laughs> tough. He had that crazy <laughs> blonde mullet. He just looked like an old lady that was like, "Yo, you remember the grandma from Goonies?" Kinda yeah. Like that. <laughs> kinda looked like that. And but he just like I wouldn't mess with him. He'd kill me. No. That's so fucked up. It's a good thing we're recording mean. this. If we ever see him again, I'm gonna play that back for him. Yeah, be God, like, he'll fucking kill me. Here's a hundred, Greg. I need you to slap the shit out of him. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, coming in at number 15, we got Jake Roberts, the son of Aurelian Grizzly Smith. And, you know, like, if you've watched the documentary or the uh, Dark Side of the Ring on Jake the Snake, and you've, like, learned a lot of the background on Grizzly Smith, you know. It's dark, man. Very, very dark. Like and it wasn't just Jake as well, because my dad knew his sister. Like, he was friends with Rock and Robin, mm-hmm. and she wrestled in the late 80s with WWE. She was a very good a wrestler for the 80s but there just wasn't you know what it was p- women's wrestling back then well between that and then Lula having a stranglehold on head over time oh yeah of course yeah and um but yeah but this is about jake uh, i just wanted to bring up rock and robin as well i don't know if she's not gonna be in this list but yeah. yeah but no like the fact that and their brother too was wrestling in wwe all three of them were wrestling at the same time mm-hmm. yes that's right I'm, oh god i'm trying to his name well, no, I was just going to say, like, you know, the fact that, like, all three of them were able to go on and at least make it to the show, um, you know, in spite of everything that went on with their dad and just, like, some of the fucked up uh, situations there. 
But like Jake the Snake, we all kind of know the story of like his fall from grace and then his redemption, so uh, to speak. Yeah, his brother Sam Houston. That's our cr- Sam cr- Houston. Yeah, yeah. Michael uh, Smith. Yeah, he was um, he was in what UWF? Like he was he was big in like Mid South and UWF. I think it was UWF that he kind of got over there. Or like that was that was where he was kind of like one of their main players was in UWF. Um, yeah, I'm sure in Mid Atlantic Championships. Uh, yep, UWF, 1987, very good memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, Mid-South was UWF, but... Yeah, and then he wrestled in 87 and 91 with WWF, but... Yeah. But the fact that, you know, the brother, he has three children that became stars, but Jake was absolutely the biggest. Yeah, but I mean, like, look, some of the legendary feuds that Jake had in the 80s, I mean, like, Ricky Steamboat, Randy Savage, Rick Rude, Ted DiBiase, I mean... Dude, like, his old, his old feud sort of with uh, Undertaker... I mean, like, dude was a stone-cold killer on the mic. Like, you had all these big personalities <laughs> in the late 80s. You had Hogan and Warriors screaming. Was that a pun? Was that a pun? Say that one more time. Stone-cold killer? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I was just going to get ready to say that. <laughs> if it wasn't for Jake the Snake, <laughs> we might not have Austin 316. We won't. So, I mean, I had legendary promo. Talk about your songs. Talk about your John 316. Yeah, so. yeah no. So, I mean, you know, Jake the Snake... Um, definitely a master class in promo psychology. Oh my God, absolutely. He taught DDP everything, even though they're the same age. About just you didn't. Everybody in the '80s was all coked up. They would scream in the microphone. Not Jake. Not that. First of all, he really couldn't because he had his throat crushed. But he would just talk very low and menacing. And he had that uh, Damien the Pyth- uh, the freaking Damien um, the Python the Python with him at all times. Just made him scarier. And, and he had the best finishing move at the time. As much as I love the flying elbow, for me, the best finishing move was the DDT. And, and you know, it, it's kind of crazy, though, that, like, his is, like, the quintessential version. And the fact that, like, the DDT, like, so many people now his do is the, the D- best. DDT. His, in my opinion, him and Ravens are the best, but he's, his was first. His was just, a, 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 like, fall flat. I love the way it looked. It just looked menacing. And when it landed, it was like, bam, it was so fast. I mean, it looked like you were shot out of a gun. Exactly. Like. It, uh, so, yeah, no, but much love and respect for Jake the Snake. We got Dick Murdoch coming in at number 14, son of Frankie Hill Murdoch. Um, yeah, I don't really know too much. I mean, like, Dick Murdoch, um, he's a tag partner of, you know, Junkyard Dog, Adrian Adatus, Dusty Rhodes. Um, I mean, he was just a tough son of a bitch. Like, Dusty Rhodes and Murdoch, when they teamed together, they were heels. And this was before yeah. Dusty Rhodes broke off and became the American dream. Before he started letting his natural charisma get over. Um, so, I mean, like, he was quintessential um, in Dusty's development, so to speak. Uh, but just a tough son of a bitch that would wrestle everywhere. Japan, Mid-South, Puerto Rico. Um, he was known for bloody melees. Um, he had Southern Boy Charm whenever he cut promos. But, I mean, I you know, just like looking at some of the names on the list, would I maybe have Dick uh, Murdoch that high? Mm. No, absolutely not. We might, we might uh, like I said, whenever we re-rank this list, we'll, we'll definitely adjust it. We got Eddie Gilbert coming in at number 13, son of Tommy Gilbert. What? I was just saying we can just run through this list quick because we yeah. got something else we got to do on this podcast. Okay, oh, yeah, we do? Yeah, okay. okay. Well, we'll go through it Let's quick. go to the big ones now or start naming big ones. Uh, Owen Hart coming in at number 12, son of Stu Hart. 
All right, so Stu Hart, obviously, all mo- most of his sons were wrestlers, even though we only mainly know... All of his sons were wrestlers. Okay, you're right. All of his daughters married wrestlers. That is true. You're 100% yeah, right. Yeah, no, like, that, that family is so intertwined in the wrestling business, it's no joke. True. Like I said, but I still think it should have been... It should have been smart and rank the father and not the sons, because that is a true top top four. Stu Hart should well, be the top. Four. I think we could do that. I think you're his gonna sperm, be. I think you're his gonna sperm be. sperm is probably one of the best wrestling sperms there is. Probably, <laughs> if you really think about it, honestly. I, well, look, I was gonna say. I know you're gonna love where the other son ends up on this list, TK. But okay. let's talk a little bit about Owen. All right, Owen Hart obviously was significant and just all around, you know, how we got to start. Uh, he did Japan. He kind of did the dip territories and then Canada. He was just so uh, – he inspired um, Chris Jericho because he was doing all these crazy moves that nobody else was doing at the time. He was so innovative for his time. And then when he first came to WWF, he was the, bl- the blazer, still busting out great moves and was just iconic for that. And then you think about his feud with his brother when he, uh, even though he never won the world title, dude. That look that that sequence at WrestleMania ten, you could not have written that any better. The story that him and Brett told, yeah, in the opening match, and you know he's like, I finally got one up over my brother. I'm better than him. I'm the best heart. I'm the king of hearts. No, and then Brett wins the title at the end of the night. Owen beats him clean in the opening match, and then Brett wins the world title at the end of the match. And then it's like, guess what? I got one over. You might be world champion. Well, but, uh, but, but Owen comes out, and it's like, even when it's my night, you still find a way to overshadow exactly, me. Like, yeah. yeah but no, when he, um, but then even when he was hurt later, when he had the two Slammy Award winner, that I love that Owen Hart. He was just such an obnoxious jerk, but I loved that he owned it, and it was just funny. He was entertaining, man. I loved it. I mean, look, there's a big thing I remember about Owen Hart. I am not a nugget! Yeah, that's it. Uh, no, I'm not. Coming in at number 11, Dean Malenko, son of Boris Malenko. Um, <laughs> dude. Oh, God, <laughs> oh you dick. Oh, you no. dick. Oh, God. Dark. But, uh, no, I, I don't really know much about Dean Malenko's father. I just know Dean Malenko, huge fan, oh, one of the best technical wrestlers ever. Yeah. You can go to the next one. I don't really know. Uh, number 10, we got Ted DiBiase Sr., son of Iron Mike DiBiase, who was adopted. Son of Helen Nevins, a uh, big female wrestler and, uh, in, the, in that day, and father Ted DiBiase Jr. I was going to say, do you want to go ahead and uh, wax poetic on Ted DiBiase? I know that's your boy, Ramsey. Oh, uh, well, I mean, all the good things I got to say, because I never saw his dad. His dad yeah, died man. in a ring in, in the 60s. That's crazy. 60s or 58? 50, 50, 58? I want to say 68 or 58. I think 58. Um, but fuck. Uh, Ted DiBiase, man. Fucking one of the greatest heels of all time. Probably one of the, aggress- one of the great in-ring um, performer. Uh, go with his legacy. His son really didn't pan out at all. I think he had a. I think he could have had a great career, but I just think, and then now he's probably going to go to jail. <laughs> do you, Do you remember like all the talk when Ted DiBiase Jr. was still wrestling in WWE? The talk was that he might be the one to break Taker's streak. That was the fact that the rumor, Ted yes. brought Taker into the business, and it'll be the son that takes him out of the business. That was legit 
uh, conversation. I don't know if they ever touched on it with like the other podcast, but that was the rumor I remember hearing exactly what you said. I heard that as well. Yes. Yeah. And think about because they were trying to make him very big, and you know he had the look. He was said to be Ossie's son. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out for him. They even put him in like the Marine uh, movie after John Cena, the second one. They really mm-hmm. were had high hopes for Ted DiBiase Jr. Unfortunately, that that whole that whole uh, legacy was just. Who would ever think in 2023 the only person that would uh, still be wrestling as we speak right now is Cody. I was gonna say, a uh, guy that's gonna be appearing on this list shortly. There's talks that he's he ready to come back now. Come back. Yeah. I'm he hearing the other. I'm hearing that he he's not near. Ooh. I was gonna say the the rumor and scuttlebutt out there. There's all kinds of conflicting reports in that case. I hear both, but the last one I heard is more towards a uh, towards Ravish and Randy's side. I'm hearing that he's he he's gonna come back. We got Terry Funk coming in at number nine on the list. TNK. Okay, man, Terry Funk. Uh, I love me, Terry. I, how do you not love Terry Funk, man? I mean, the guy reinvented himself. He was just an awesome heel. Was in Roadhouse, played a tough guy. Um, just a, a badass in real life. And then when I started really getting into, you know, wrestling my decade, the 90s, he reinvented himself as the king of, like, hardcore style. You're the like, greatest ECW world heavyweight champion of all time. Even more so than Raven? Yes. I Ooh. can't argue that because... He put ECW on the fucking... You really did. Yeah. On, the, on the first pay-per-view they main evented, it was Terry Funk. That was the main event with Stevie Richards and Sandman. Winner takes on Raven. Terry Funk finally gets over, faces Raven. And man, when he won, that crowd went fucking crazy. The hardcore legend Terry Funk, which is weird saying that. He was, what, 50-something years old when he had that match with Sabu? I think he was 53. He might have been older, honestly. That shit, that match, him being in that fucking match, for, for Sabu to got the fucking major injuries, but god damn, that shit was fucking no, bloody. No, they had to cut them up. That was real barbed wire. That was insane for him to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, dude was, like, one of the top wrestlers in the game in the and 60s, 70s, second 80s. second biggest oh, oh shit moment, when him and fucking Cactus Jack took the fucking fall on the in the dumpster, <laughs> oh, no crash okay. pad. I was gonna say yeah. he was chainsaw Charlie, yeah. and they yeah there was no crash pad. Those fucking crazy men fucking did it. Fucking like went over the fucking stage in a fucking garbage can. Um, not like I don't know what you call so it. Even if you had boxes and shit inside there, that was gonna be a tough fall. Dude, you have I mean like look his feud with Ric Flair in '89 NWA. Was great, I mean yeah. it was like one of the best feuds of the year. Um, you know the matches in ECW, even the Jap- the the matches in Japan, the death matches in Japan that got brought over to ECW. You know the '95 death math ag- uh, match against Mick Foley with C4 explosives and everything else all around. I mean, like, dude, they went to war. Uh, they had a great match. They redid it twice. Uh, where it was uh, it was the Fran- Shane Douglas, Sabu, and Terry Funk in a triple threat match. It was a pretty solid match. We got Kerry Von Erich coming in at number eight, son of now, Fritz Von Erich. We're talking about dads to Ramsey's listing. This one may be number one. I'm still going to say Stu Hart, but Fritz yeah. Von Erich. No, Stu Hart is far and away number one. Yeah, but I mean, just the fact that. Well, I guess you got to kind of say, you got to kind of say, like, what if. Yeah, oh, yeah, dude. 100%. What if. Because here's God. the thing, too. Like, Stu Hart, and, and I'm not trying to be 
you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm me. Stu Hart had only one world champion. Could have had. Who knows if Owen would ever become world champion? No, you're right. Fucking Eric Von Erichs. They had three legitimate could have been world champions. Well, along with Carrie. Because the oldest one that died first was the biggest one. I think he could was on his way he to be champion. Dude, yeah. there's. Yeah, the fact that he died in Japan—that that was insane. what could have been. Yeah, but that, sh- that, that right there, you could, you can argue one A, one B. As I say, but I mean, Carrie at least was uh, NWA champion. Yeah, Carrie won it briefly, so you could say that the uh, one of the, you know, the Von Erichs was an NWA world champion. Yeah, so no, I mean, dude, Carrie, Carrie Von Erich, Texas Tornado, whatever. I mean, yeah. Uh, Randy Orton coming at number seven on this list. Son of Cowboy Bob Op- uh, Orton and uh, grandson of Bob Orton Sr. Yeah, I was just kind of watching a video of Randy Orton doing um, the superplex that his dad used to do. That's why he keeps it as an homage to his father. Um, my God, man. He, was, he wasn't the first third-generation superstar. That's going to come later on this list. But the fact that he, at least for WWE anyway, um, just, you know, Randy Orton, I was... I loved him as a heel. I still do. And, I mean, I, th- I thought that he works best as a heel. I think when he's a face, he's just he's too bland. I have my criticisms of Randy Orton, but there's no denying 20 years, 14-time champion, one of the greatest heels of all time. I mean, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer with, in a true Hall of Fame sense. You know, I know they give it away nowadays. Whether he's the legend killer, the viper, the apex predator, I mean, like... I, I, I think the... When WWE went to the PG era, I think him being a heel kind of diminished it. But when it was PG-13, that's some of the best heel work there was. I mean, even in the PG era, when he was doing the, the kicking the, the McMahons in the heads, you know, DDT and Stephanie, I loved it. The fi- See, but the thing is, the finish of that is, is what kind of killed it for me because... That was a great, incredible run, and the fact that Triple H was able to get over on him. That was so stupid because he won the Royal Rumble. He had legacy. He was getting over. it. And the thing, though, is, is they knew they messed up because they gave Orton the belt, like, the next pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know. Yeah, they did an about-face. But, no, like, I, I, you know, I've never been a huge Randy Orton fan. You would think that, oh, you know, his name's Randy, too. I would be all on it. I, you know, th- there were times where I was uh, a Randy Orton fan, but I just felt like it w- for stretches there was more of the same, more of the same. His matches never really stood out. He had a, c- a couple of decent matches. I'll give him that. It, it just. I, I think his moments, yes. his, the moments with the yeah. RKO, oh, like with with Steph when Seth came one for the stomp, and he just that shit was. That the uh, the Evan Bourne, Bourne one, come like uh, the RKO out of nowhere has. And I mean, dude, that's, it, it gave birth to one of the best memes out there, uh, at least, you know, just seeing, you know, all these fails greatest, you know, on the internet. What is the greatest R- RKO you saw? Greatest RKO I saw? Yeah. Those are the two greatest technically on paper. I'll give you one that people forget about. Well, two. There was one that he did to Seth Rollins where Seth was standing on the top rope on the steel cage and he just kind of tripped his legs out from under him and Seth fell beautifully into it. People forget about that one. And there's another one that he did at Money in the Bank on Jericho where he kind of did the same thing. Jericho was climbing the ladder. He flung his foot out and Jericho kind of landed. But 
I I gotta say the Evan Bourne one. I was gonna say Seth that of WrestleMania 31, but either one. That, it's, that, it's, you know, actually, you know what? No, just because of the sheer height that he got on that one. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, what do you like? What 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 is your? It was on Facebook or on TikTok where his wife arcaded him into the pool. Out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I've seen his sons were doing that to him as well. Like his uh. But his wife did it. Uh, that sh- it she did it perfectly. That's awesome, though. Like how they met the whole story. Her being a fan—that's pretty cool. But I'll, I'll say this, and he just jumped on the on the screen uh, on Raw. This is probably the most when he was with um, Matt Riddle, the most fun Randy. Yes, that we see, had. I love yeah. that because finally we got to see a, a, a like a, a fun side of Randy Orton that we that he actually looked like he was enjoying wrestling and having fun, he was. and it took and it took. You could notice it. You really did. And you actually were like, oh, okay, I like the side of Randy Orton. It was totally different. No, he said that. Well, it was funny because when uh, Riddle was like, hey, bro, we need to we need to ride camels uh, down the ramp when they were in Saudi. And Randy was like, oh, no, I want to do that. And Vince was like, no. <laughs> he is. You're yeah, not. Yeah, he <laughs> is. You're not. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, definitely love the RK Bro stuff. Um, so I mean, he was growing on me before okay, he went out with injury. I know there's another big name on there that has a Randy name to it that has a dad. Well, well, I was gonna say, I was gonna get say to that. number okay. six, we got Nick Bockwinkle, son of Warren Bockwinkle. See, I don't, don't know I much don't know. about Warren, I but I mean, we could talk about Nick Bockwinkle for a second. But I mean, it's interesting to know that yeah, that the dads get him into the sport, especially at that age. Nick Bockwinkle wore the suit, had a b- big vocabulary, great AWA champion. He was one of the more compelling heels of his day. Yes. Like, basically, he, you know, we were talking about, um, we were talking about Jake Roberts being, like, more, you know, low, like, talking softly but carrying a big stick. Nick Bockwinkle was one of the big ones that was kind of doing that in the late 70s and early 80s with his promos. Just very intelligent when he spoke on the mic. Had a very Lex Luthor kind of vibe to him. I don't know why, but every time I think of Nick Bockwinkle and every, every time I saw him wrestle and everything, I would think if Bobby Heenan was a wrestler, it's Nick Bockwinkle. Yeah, I could see, totally see that. No, I could totally get behind that. One thing I'll give Nick Bockwinkle is that if it wasn't for him, there wouldn't be one of my favorite versions. I said one of my favorite of versions. Jericho. Of Jericho. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The best in the world. Um, we already kind of touched on Mr. Perfect at number five. Uh, going on to number four, we got Eddie Guerrero, son of Gory Guerrero. Yeah, the Gory bomb. That was his father who had it. And then, obviously, Eddie, the legacy of the Guerreros, he just took over. It was just so nice and poetic to see a guy that I watched from WCW. Uh, Ramsey saw him back in ECW, which I didn't. Yep. Greatest matches of all time. Him Eddie Dean Guerrero and Dean Marlenko was some of the greatest But the fact they didn't need to do time. hardcore wrestling. They just did pure technical and wrestling. won the fans of Philadelphia. Yeah, that's crazy. And then, you know, we saw him um, wrestling WCW, and you knew he had all the talent in the world, but you knew he wasn't going to get over. And I even thought back in the day when he finally made it to WWF, I figured Vince would just shit all over these guys. Keep him in the mid-card. And then finally, his personality, lie, cheat, steal, gimmick got over. The fans loved him so much. He was kind of like, it was just undeniable. You had to give him, and it probably didn't hurt that Brock was leaving the company. They had to kind of put a belt on somebody new. But I'm not saying that's why he won it. But he had that moment, and it was nice to see him finally win the world title. Th- what that did to the Latino community on you know, Friday nights was just a huge win, and people still bring up Guerrero name this day. I mean, he had a great he had a great run if you think about it with China, 
That was and funny. That, and that was where really you got to see more of his personality shine through. Absolutely. It was awesome. So, it was, you know, that was kind of the kickstart they needed. But, I mean, like, dude, his work as a heel, his work as a face, you know, the fact that he was able to get over the lie, cheat, and steal thing as both a heel and a face. Oh, it was an awesome gimmick, man. Seeing him just lie, cheat, steal his way, you know, throw, like, Make pretend that he was hurt and throw the belt or the chair at the next guy. I was gonna say we were we, so uh, this past Wednesday on Dynamite we had the uh, world title eliminator match between Adam Cole and um, and MJF mm-hmm. and MJF pulled out you know the friggin' Eddie tossing the belt at Cole and falling down like he'd been hit. Guerrero's first one I saw do it. Yeah, so. no, nah, I mean like dude, his legacy still lives on. Uh, we got The Rock coming in at number three, son of Rocky Johnson and grandson of the High Chief Peter Maivia. Okay, so this one's actually a very unique personality because of the Hawaiian territory. The, the high chief, Peter Maivia, had uh, the Polynesian wrestling in um, mm-hmm. Hawaii, and that was a huge promotion. His dad, his grandfather was respected and would probably be the head of the table in retrospect at that time. Even that wasn't even a gimmick back then. Please tell me Logan Paul's in Money in the Bank. So, yeah, that's pretty. And he was, yeah, I forgot oh. what coming up. They mentioned it at the very late, at last minute of week, last week's episode. But continuing on. Yes. And then... The uh his okay so that's his grandfather and then his father's son-in-law is Rocky's father Rocky Johnson who was the first African American tag team champion mm-hmm. along with Tony Atlas. Tony, thank you, I was telling th- Tony. I couldn't think last him for a second, which is a huge deal back then, man. Um, people really forget about how significant that was. And then to think that if it wasn't for that, you know, The Rock when he first came out with that baby, just vanilla. White meat, baby, baby face, face, you know, just Rocky Maivia. You know, but my God, the best thing that ever happened to him was getting hurt. You know, go get a new coat of paint or, you know, come back, turn into a heel, put a microphone in front of him, and then you just watched pure magic, and he became the probably, aside from Stone Cold, the, the greatest one. superstar of all time. What was the movie that The, the Rock played in uh, with, um, uh, let's not get shorty, it was... Was it Get Shorty? It's with the it was with Cedric and um, um Well, uh Get Shorty was the one where he was like the trying to be an actor, but he was secretly gay, but he didn't want anybody to know and he did the play at the no, end. No, no, no. It was like Be Cool or something. That was like be cool. cool. I'm so sorry. Yeah, be, be, cool. Cool be Cool was the sequel to Get so, Shorty. So Rocky Maravilla his his first character. Mm-hmm. That was his audition for that fucking film. Was it really? But I'm just saying, if you if you look at it, that character you could put that character into the movie. Film, and it really was. And it would have been you know right at the end. You are right. That's yeah, the yeah, yeah. whole fucking character that was Rocky Maravilla. You are right on that one. No, I mean, probably his evolution, and it's kind of crazy how he went from having a more athletic build to like what he is now, just this big monstrous like. Because he toned down a little bit when he was like when he was world champion, like 2001. He kind of got a little smaller, but he was still in great shape. Yeah, no, he was more cut. He was more cut, yeah. I mean, because yeah, he, he had a bigger facade, but he didn't... It, it wasn't like he had bulging muscles. He just had a bigger frame. I mean, he did... Then like, he slimmed down. You know, he, he leaned down. So, like, yeah, I think he started with Ken Shamrock doing that 70s show, got into acting, then obviously the uh, Scorpion... Well, it was The Mummy Returns, then The Scorpion King. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, okay, he did The Rundown, which was a, a very underrated movie. Like Walking movie Tall. The Walking Tall. Uh, he did The Gridiron Heights. He did Tooth Fairy, blah, blah, blah. But then, bam, Fast Five came out, and that dude, he was jacked as a mofo, and look at him now. I mean, he's A-list Hollywood, top-paid uh, celebrity. I mean, he's a guy that, in a way, has kind of, like, reinvented himself several times over the course of his career. 
Um, well, because of him, then you got Batista and John Cena having their careers in Hollywood, so mm-hmm. maybe well, others might come down the but road. But one thing about, about, about The Rock, that he is hilarious without being forced to be hilarious. He, he just comes out just... Yeah, no, I mean, no, he, he, he's got he's got a quick wit. I mean, I know John Cena tried to throw him under the bus with the whole, you know, Opie writing your lines on your wrists and all this other stuff. But, I mean, the dude is very good at ad-libbing. And, uh, you know, like, when we when we look at... Um, well, The Rock, to me, like, some of his promos team kind of a bit corny. But at the same time, I loved yeah. him when he was messing with Jonathan Coachman. That shit yes. was just pure. Even Michael... Uh, Michael, Michael Hayes Cole. or Brian Kelly. Brian or Ke- not yeah. Brian Kelly, Michael Kelly. Michael Kelly. And then uh, even the one we took the shirt Kelly over, Kelly? Michael Cole. Yeah, Kelly so. Ke- yeah, Kevin Kelly. Yeah, I said Michael Kelly. Kevin Kelly, yeah. Um, no, I was going to say, but you know what? He was the perfect yin and Yang with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, you want to talk about the right man to go across the ring from Stone Cold. You know, like, the Attitude Era would not have been what it had been without that rivalry between those two guys. No, not at all. Yeah, no, so definitely deserving of being number three on the list. Number two on the list, we have the macho man, Randy Savage, son of Angelo Paffo, brother of Leapin' Lanny Paffo. So, okay, so this list is obviously much older, but no, I knew that this was going to be on it regardless because me and Ravishing Randy are huge Macho Man Randy Savage fans. So, you know, his father, um, his Angelo Pompo. Angelo Pompo. Oh, God, I can't believe I got that wrong. Um, think about it, man. I mean, Macho Man had a career in baseball or, well, not a career, but, like, he was on his, w- you know, had some success in baseball. He got injured. Got it, and then. And then they told him he wouldn't be able to make it back. Because of his father, got into wrestling. And even, you know, people kind of forget, too, that uh, his brother, Lanny Pompo, people kind of look at him as a joke being the genius, but, like, he did some pretty good things being leaping, flying. Uh, leaping Lanny Pompo. Leaping Lanny Pompo. Like, he could do backflips and all that other stuff, high-flying moves back then when it wasn't so much. But, dude, the Macho Man, come on, man. You know how we feel about the Macho Man. We've done, I mean, we've done a extensive show on Randy Savage's time in the WWE, the WWF. But, I mean, uh, you know, going back to, like, Angelo Pompo, you know, he... Aside from being a wrestler, was known for being kind of like a not so much a strong man, but like in the in the fifties, they, they made mention about how he set like the world push up or, or um, sit up record, like doing crunches. Oh, yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you know, just like he had a big athletic build. Um, had a little bit of a rivalry in the olden days with Vern Gagne. Um, you know, so I mean, there's definitely that legacy that was then passed on to Randy and to Lanny. I mean, of course, Randy Savage. Shot off to the stratosphere. Oh, dude! I saw. I read a funny post on a, in a social media the other day. They were like, "Hey, did y'all know that this guy, uh, Macho uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, once wrestled for thirty years just for the role of Bonesaw McGraw?" I was like, "Spot on, buddy. Spot on, man." <laughs> dude, he finally made it. <laughs> that guy finally made it. No, man. Um, I was gonna say legendary rivalries in the '80s, and then of course, you know, he had his run in the '90s with both uh, WWE, uh, WWF, and WCW. Um, moving on, number one on the list, TNK. You want to take a wild guess? Oh, with this list, it has to be Stu Hart, Bret Hart. Like Bret Hart. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. So I mean, look, we talk about the, the Hart family and with Canadian or Stampede Wrestling, everything else. Bret Hart, his dad, always having his dad kind of in the mid '90s. You know, Stu and Helen were there, and just hearing all the stories, how many brothers he had, hearing guys scream, it was just kind of destined for him. So one of the hearts made it. 
and he was the face of the new generation. So, you know, I feel about Bret Hart. I keep going poetic, but anything else that stands out? If you want to rank this based on dads or what you would put the list down, or some of the people we didn't mention. Well, I was going to say because again, that that list was uh, over eleven years old. Well, I mean, obviously now you got two huge wrestling stars that are like one's the champion for a thousand days. Another one is going to be WWE champion, still trying to finish the story. So, Yeah, because, I mean, on that list, no Usos, no Roman Reigns, yep, no Dominic Mysterio. Still early, but hopefully, <laughs> I know. He's already one of the best heels that WWF's churned oh, out in, in ages. He's the best. Oh, yeah, he's got the loudest boos. I mean, in the business of professional wrestling right now, and it's Dominic. And it's not like fu heat. It's like the booze. Like you, you want those type of booze. I was just say, like, I, I mean, we could definitely talk more about like Roman Reigns and the Usos and everything. But I wanted to touch on a few others that we did. Austin and Colton Gunn, son very, of yeah. Current. Let's talk about the current roster. Absolutely, very good. Yeah, son of uh, Daddy that Ass Billy Gunn. Yep. Um, I was just say they. I think they've come along quite well. In the last year, as far as getting over as a heel they've tag team, they've been wrestling for like what, not even two years. So, like, just think about that for a second. Like, they're gonna get, they're gonna get better and better. And I like how they're finding their own unique uh, style, the way they look. I'm digging it. You know, it's kind of a mosh to their dad, but doing their own thing. Yeah, um, Solo Sokoa. I, I mean, yep. like, 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 let's just go ahead and talk about the whole Anoy family, okay? Yeah, you may as well. That's a whole episode that we got to do. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, we could definitely touch on that. Um, let's, uh, I was going to say, there there was a big one um, that I'm missing with. Uh, well, we got female wrestlers, too, but not that many. Um, I mean, Natalia. Natalia, technically Carmella, her dad was like a jobber, but. Oh, God, that's the only one I can think of. And then, you know, t- technically Tamina, nobody Mina, but. So here, here's one that I didn't know, and I'm actually just seeing this. Raquel Rodriguez is a second-generation wrestler, son of Ricky Gonzalez, uh, who is known in Texas as Desperado. Hmm, okay. Yeah, but, I mean, she she's a second-generation wrestler. Um, we got The Rock's daughter that is in NXT right now. She's only had one match. She's only had one match, but I'm just saying she's, um, you know, up and coming. We'll see what happens there. We got Hook. Yeah. Son of Taz, which actually there, there's a bunch of rumor and innuendo that's out there right now about WWE trying to, you know, they're, they're actually recruiting Hook, or they want Hook to, to sign with them, and Taz is all for him making the jump to the Fed. It'll probably happen. I thought that we were talking about Rush, but yeah, I think he- I think I did hear about Hook as well. Yeah, no, they, they well, I was going to say, they, they definitely want, uh, or at least the stories were about Hook. Uh, Braun Breaker. Former NXT oh, champion, freaking Lulu, son yeah, of Rick Steiner. Rick Steiner, Brian Pillman Jr. over in AEW, absolutely. David Finley, son of Fit Finley, making a name for Very himself in uh, yeah, New Japan. New Japan. So yeah, I mean, like, there, there's a bunch of modern names that we could definitely go into. Um, I was gonna say we have uh, the Hughes boys that are. Uh, I mean, they're not a big name right now, but they're coming up. That's the son of uh, Devon Dudley, or the sons of Devon Dudley. They're trying to make a name for themselves as a tag team. God, man, they got another one. Uh, was it Von Wagner? His dad was Bill Buchanan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just thinking of the NXT, why we had him bring. Davey Boy Smith Jr., son of the British yeah, Bulldog. British Bulldog. 
I mean, he's a former WWE Tag Team Champion. True. You know, he's still kind of wrestling on and off with New Japan and uh, s- some other promotions. Yeah, so, I mean, definitely some modern names you could throw in there. If we were to maybe, like, re-rank this re- list or just, uh, I was going to say, Ramsey, did you have any other names that you wanted to throw uh, out there? or uh, You forgot about uh, Bo Dallas. Bray Wyatt, Bray Bo Wyatt. Dallas. Very good, very yeah, as I say, Bray son of IRS. Sons of IRS. You can go down on then you How about IRS? You know. There you go. Because shit, IRS is the, the son of Blackjack Mulligan. I know. Well, the obvi- another big yes. one we're forgetting, too, and I can't believe this, uh, Charlotte Flair. <laughs> Uh, maybe it's just because we want to forget her. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, he definitely, you know, definitely got to throw Charlotte's name into that mix. As, yeah, um, yeah, too. I mean, like, look, if we're going to re-rank this list, you could definitely make a case for Charlotte being in the top ten. Yeah, at least when it comes to women, I mean, good grief. It's only because of her father. I mean, look, she's a great athlete, but. You know, she's getting them title reigns because... You can, I mean, like, look, you could make the argument that, like, does she have the success that she's had if it weren't for her father's name? But I think that Ashley has proven more than enough times that she's one of the better in-ring workers oh, yeah, on the female has. roster. So, I mean, her spot is definitely deserved. Now, whether she should have as many title reigns as she has had to this point, I know that's, that's up be, for debate. Yeah. And you know, you know it's bad when you have go away heat. You're gone for months. You come back, and people are excited to see you the first time or two, and then it's like, uh, we kind of want you to go away again. Yeah. <laughs> but I was gonna say, did you watch Collision? Uh, yes, I did. I was gonna say, what did you think of Buddy Matthews busting out that reverse cloverleaf finisher that Rhea oh, Ripley no, uses? Oh uh, no, that was um. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes. That one, I kind of, I might fast forward to that one because that was an awesome match. Oh no, that was a great match. I was gonna say, Buddy Matthews hit Rhea's submission finisher, then Andrade was able to get out of and it. And then Andrade slapped on the figure four. Was like, you know what? I'm married to the uh, greatest female wrestler today. Slept. Uh, Buddy kept selling the knee. He uh-huh. kept trying to do these big moves, but then he kept falling because his knee was all banged up, and which was a smart storytelling because eventually Andrade hit the figure four and then you're like uh oh he's bridging he's, uh, bridging. he's bridging and then he busts out eight, the figure eight and then buddy murphy uh taps out or buddy matthews i'm sorry and like that was like wow they let andrade win with his wife's finishing move which was kind of cool i had to give it yeah, to him. no i was gonna say they gave props to their women so kudos to both of them great match too definitely watch it but i was gonna say if uh if we were to re-rank this list because like cody rhodes they have him on here at number 18 and we could definitely say that cody especially considering his body of work going from Ring of Honor, New Japan, to AEW, back to WWE, and the fact that he is billed as a top star in the WWE, you could definitely make a case for him being higher up on that list, right? Yeah, now you can, yeah. I mean, yeah. just when you think about the professional wrestling, what he's, how he reinvented himself in independence and where he is now, and you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, when they redo this list... Cody's name's gonna, you know, uh, Cody's name's gonna be up there very high. Absolutely. I was gonna say, what were what were some names maybe going through that list before you felt were maybe a little too low? Uh, we just. Bernie. I mean, 
I, I was going to say Greg Gagne. Maybe it could be a little bit higher. I yeah. would say... I would say Goldust could actually be ranked a bit higher. In retrospect, absolutely. Yeah, yeah just especially... You know, like... I know he's not getting as much love on AEW right now, but like when I think of that first all-in pay-per-view, that bloody war that he had with Cody. It was phenomenal. Five-star match. It was just the definition of old-school wrestling. They brought blood in, and it, it was perfect. Yeah, I think that really brought the, uh, put both of them on the map, but especially Dustin being like, hey, he, can still, he still got it. That was, I mean... I was going to say, do you have any kind of thoughts as far as who you think would maybe be in the top ten right now? I see you're over there making a list. but uh, I have to do my top five list. Okay, let's go. I haven't done it. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm working oh, it on right now. All right. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, I'm trying to go through the list and seeing like who's here today or maybe somebody we missed because I know there always is. Um, I mean, I think it's safe to say like Savage, Brett, uh, Savage, Brett, Rock definitely would still be in the top ten. Do you think that Roman Reigns, with this historic run that he has been on, do you think he cracks the top five? I mean, his dad was a tag team Hall of Fame, three-time WWF champions, the Walsamoans. Owens. Uh, his dad, you know, wasn't really a single star, but would Roman Reigns... It's the whole Annoy family, honestly. So it's more than just his father, but... Because, I mean, I, I, you could definitely make the case that the Usos are in the top ten. Just for, like, their tag team contributions. You know, Rikishi's getting up there because, you know, who, what's the future hold for his son, Solo Sokoa? And then you already know the Usos have been doing it for so long. They're going to go down as arguably one of the greatest tag teams of all time. But just, be, just due to their accolades and just how long they've been in WWF. So, and they're part of the hottest storyline in wrestling since, like, I don't even remember when was the last the storyline was as all great in professional wrestling. It's been... I couldn't tell you. Could be over a decade or longer. I have to really sit down and think about it. I was gonna say that might that might have to be something we do for another time. Like actually come up with our top, well, maybe not like a top twenty-five, but like our top ten list. Really narrow it down. Talk about maybe some that missed the cut. Go from there. Maybe we'll do that next Father's Day. The uh, Raging Marks top ten second, third generation superstars are actually. We'll uh, we'll go with Ramsey. Well, we'll go with Ramsey's thought of. Uh, well, guess what? <laughs> you don't have to wait next year because that's actually our next segment. Oh, nice! I I, I kind of fooled you when I said I didn't prepare. You think I actually didn't prepare nothing for an episode? <laughs> He's always scheming, thinking of stuff. That's so why I love you, man. So, to honor Father's Day, it won't be a real Father's Day if there wasn't any competitions. Just like the pushy fathers of Sam Moxon and and Joe Harbor went at the barbecue when they made their sons force who threw the football better. <laughs> football may be your life, but I don't want your life. So we got some competition. Thank you, Varsity. Way to throw out a Varsity Blues <laughs> reference. I love you, Ramsey. If I get on. Technical difficulties. <laughs> I guess should have slammed your notebook shut, eh? Well, yeah, no. I was like, I had to check. I want you guys to see what, what's going on. So what I did was I have four mini brackets. 
And four mini brackets? Four mini brackets, just four teams. It's four teams. So um, each one has a specific theme. So uh, pretty much I'll just throw out the matchups, and you can just say who wins and who not. So then it's just going to be real quick. Okay. Um, so let's go with the first bracket. It's going to be owners and promoters bracket. So we have Vince McMahon with his son Shane McMahon versus Vern and Greg Gagne. From a wrestling standpoint, you give it to Vern and Greg. I mean, yeah, in the ring work, they're going to dominate. But just I don't want to pay the due of. So this is more. This is what I'm going to say. How this goes. I want you to think about it this way. Don't look at, at them as the wrestlers in the ring. I want. I want you to look at it as. Think of Vern Gagne's creations in the ring, Vince McMahon creations in the ring, as well. <laughs> well, okay, one of Vince's creations was The Undertaker, who's probably one of the greatest gimmick ever. You can make the argument about Vern and Ric Flair being, you know, that. that uh, but I if you're going to go on that, then I'm going to go with Vince and, and Shane, especially considering the fact that WWE is still around, AWA is not. TNK? Well... Back then, you got to remember, wrestling was still kayfabe, so those guys were legit people. But I'm trying to—I know Ramsey said not wrestling work. I'm trying to think what they did. All, all the way around, all the way around. I mean, think about it. yeah, because Vern and Greg can is going to out wrestle fucking Vincent Shane. <laughs> no heartbeat. Well, I was going to say if we if we actually if we're going that route, then we got Crockett well, Senior well, and Junior in this. Well, right? I was just thinking that like, hold your panties. You gotta remember, like you know how Bruno Sammartino back in the '60s, you know, would just dominate everybody in the New York territory. Well, like from Min from Chicago to Minnesota, Vern Gagne would have robberies with you know Larry Henning, Nick Bockwinkle, uh, Fritz von Erich, the so Crusher, Ray Stevens. So before let's before we vote, I'll give you the second matchup. The second matchup is Bill and Eric Watts versus Jim Crockett Sr. and David Crockett Jr. Now, I'm going to give you this to you. Mind you. Crockett. I don't want you to see the rest of the, 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 the Crockett, Crockett and McMahon made their money with Gagne's creation. Uh, yeah, with uh, Bill Watts's. Uh, when, uh, we have WWE today because of Hulk Hogan, right? We have Hulk Hogan because of. Vern Gagne. Ric Flair is a 16-time world champion. It was in the NWA and, and Crockett's uh, promotions. Russell Lugani's promotions. Uh, Vern Gagne is the reason that we got Ric Flair. Just saying. I mean, look, I'm, I'm willing to go with my original... I'm willing to go with my original case and say Vern and, and Greg, but I mean... You're you're all like, oh no! Well, all right, I'll I'll add to Ramsey's point. Um, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Jesse Ventura, Hulk Hogan, Kurt Henning, Rick Martel, Gene Oakland, or just a few of the talented individuals that made their names in AWA that jumped Scott ship. Hall, uh, the Rocker, Sherry Martel also followed suit. The fact that it, you know, those guys started fuck, in AWA. Fuck first. Vince! I'm going with the Ganyas. 
the Gagne family cannot be overstated, just like their legacy. I mean, the events, you know, I look, so you do a lot of events, man. I mean, what he did, it was going to be done anyway. And the fact that he had a vision for WrestleMania, and his, <laughs> and his obviously he's got the biggest professional wrestling federation in the world, essentially, WWE. And it's still around 40 years later because mm-hmm. of Vince. So, you're going to make a selection? I'm going to just say the McMahons, just because it's still around 40 years later. Okay, so you don't have a dice. Go ahead and make the choice. Kanye. Okay. And then you mentioned the Watts versus the Crockett's. So, yes. you could also make an argument that a lot of Vince talent came from friggin' Mid-South. Yeah. Junkyard Dog. Ted DiBiase. Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake. Taxol Jim Duggan. Yep. Uh, Matt Bourne was well. That's Doink the Clown, but I still <laughs> I still love Doink, the original Doink the Clown. I'm excited to watch that Dark Side of the Ring. How they're promoting the Marty Jannetty episode already? It's like ooh, it's, that's supposed to be the the most controversial episode they ever done. Like I can't wait for that, that one. That ooh. dude did so many drugs, got fired more times than any human being's been fired from a promotion. Said some of the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Some creepy shit too, but did a lot of drugs, man. But didn't they all back in the eighties? True that. So what you got? You got Watts or, or Crockett? Crockett or Watts? Crockett Watts? Watts and Crockett? I mean, I I think the Crockett Promotions had much better business. Of uh, you think the Four Horsemen, you think of the, I think the Road Warriors also wrestled throughout that territory. I got to go Jim Crocker promotions, and I love Mid-South. Dude, it, it, all, you know, it all goes back to, and we, we touched on Magnum TA earlier, but it all goes back to what happens if he doesn't get in that car wreck because they, they put their investment into him. They, I mean, like, look, they already had it cleared with the NWA that he was going to be the next NWA champion. He, like, Ric Flair was going to do the job to him. Oh, of course. And he was going to be their Hulk Hogan. Once he gets injured and his career is over in that car accident, Crockett didn't have a backup plan. You know, they, they had to, um, you know, flip Nikita Koloff. And, I mean, they did it brilliantly. But Nikita Koloff didn't have the look. He didn't have the magnetism. Didn't have the charisma. So, that, so then what do you do? You go back to the well with Dusty. You go back to the well. I think if Magna TA was the world champion, they would still be in business. But... It would have helped, for sure. You know, J- JCP, Jim Crocker Promotions. I, I just think, oh, we're talking about Mid-South and Jim Crocker Promotions. I got to go Jim Crocker Promotions. I mean, I'm going to go Crockett just because they had the longevity to at least keep the fight to Vince until th- yeah. they couldn't anymore. Before we go for our win on that one, we'll go to the next bracket. We got some some father-son combinations. We got The Rock and his father, Rocky Johnson. Versus Barry Windham and Blackjack Mulligan. I mean, if we're going for a tough guy competition, there's no fucking competition there. Where's the first? Uh, <laughs> what was the first one? Rocky Johnson. Rocky Johnson and The Rock. Versus Blackjack. Blackjack Mulligan, Mulligan and, and Barry, Barry Windham. Windham. I mean, if we're talking about uh, they're meeting each other in a fucking bar. Oh, dude, Blackjack Mulligan. You don't even need Barry. He'd fuck them both up, man. Uh. The guy got his ass beat so many times by Andre Giant, he kept coming back at him. I just told you how tough that dude was. Six foot, six hundred pounds. He was a tough son of a bitch. Uh, mm, the better workers were obviously the Wyndhams, but the Rock Star was just so big, you know. It's just hard to deny. 
Rocky, aside from being a tag team champion, what else did he do? Yeah, um, I mean, like, if we were just talking about success of, like, one person, I would have to go with The Rock. Oh, and going Father, Son. Yeah, but if we want to talk about, like, as far as what they both did over the course of their careers, I would have to give it to Black Jack and Barry Windham. And the fact that I love the fact that the Windham's careers are still technically going on today, in a sense, with Bray Wyatt and mm-hmm. Bo Dallas. So, what? did you just forget? He just said The Rock's daughter's in fucking NXT. I know. I know. It's continuing. It's still continuing. Right now, the right now the Windham legacy has stopped because neither one of them are is doing right nothing now, yes. right now. We'll see how far The Rock's daughter goes. I I can't say anything because it's way too early. She is undefeated. I mean, look, I made Wanna my know. choice. Uh, I made She's my choice. TK, make I'm a pick. I'm going to go with the Wyndham's. All right. And then uh, the next one, we got uh, Jake the Snake Roberts and his dad, Grizzly Smith, versus Dominic Mysterio and his dad, Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. It's Ray Mysterio. I mean, again, if we want to talk about either one, it's. it's <sighs> I mean, that is that is a tough one in the sense because I don't want to. I don't really know everything that Grizzly Smith did, like as far as like titles he won. First thing, they're both fucking terrible fucking parents. Well, yeah, you know, Dom says it every fucking time he talks about his dad. <laughs> Just a fucking shit ass parent. Dead be dead. <laughs> I love it too. Thought they're making a living for his child, but all they can do is just be like, "You're never there for me, father." When I wanted to have a, the Porsche, you know, S series for prom, what did you get me, Dad? You got me a BMW. A BMW Beamer. <laughs> I couldn't even show up. <laughs> Not you know what? Like I like I said, I don't really know the the lineage of uh, Grizzly Smith, like, as far as, like, championships won or, I, or anything I like that. I couldn't tell you either, no. I mean, Jake, you know, he was one of the ones that you could make an argument. It was kind of a shame he didn't have a run with uh, with a belt in the Fed, whether it was Intercontinental or World. Um, I was going to say, I mean, like, look, still too early to tell with Dom. Dom has one of the best heel characters going in the game right now. I know, but what happens after that? You right. Know, can you keep it going? That's the thing. But j- but again, it, okay, so I know what I'm getting with Jake. I know what I'm getting with Rey Mysterio. Championship pedigree, everything. Don't really know much about Grizzly Smith to, ma- to form an opinion one way or the, or the other. Or what I do know of him is a very negative, bad oh, opinion. Very negative, yes. So, I mean, Dom, at least you can see that there's potential there. I'm going to I'm gonna go with the Mysterios on this one. I, everything you just said, I agree wholeheartedly. I have nothing else to add because I was going to say that. Yeah, Mysterios. All right. And I know you guys love AEW, and you know they got the fucking trios. So I was thinking about, I have a bracket called the Frios. We have fathers with two sons. So in the first match, in the first match, we got Stu, Brett, and Owen Hart versus Rikishi and the Usos. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, Ramsey's not gonna like my answer. Obviously, not that I don't just 
like, I already know where you're going to go with course this. The so like, Hold on. I'll just say this real quick. I'll touch upon I'm actually going to go that route, too, but go ahead, T. But I'll touch upon the Usos. Like, look, man, as much – I've criticized the Usos a lot, but I can't be denied that I'm loving what's going on right now with the Bloodline storyline. It's really reinvigorated me, made me a big fan of theirs now. I mean, what they did this past week on SmackDown was just awesome storytelling. Be- one of the best main event segments. Oh, man. And – you know, and Rikishi also his son, but all of his or three of his sons. You got the Usos, and then you got Solo. Rikishi had a very good career as well. You know, starting with the Head Shrinkers, um, he was actually the Sultan, believe it or not. And then he went. What was it? Make a difference for two, or that was that yeah. one as well. Yeah, and then he went to the Sultan with Iron Sheik, Camel Clutch, R.I.P. Iron Sheik. And then he eventually did just Rikishi. Kind of had like a sumo gimmick, and then was it too cool? I did it for the Rock. He didn't really. Ho- I think it was IC Champion. And he had tag team champion success. And that was like, but he had success with championships. And his sons are still carrying that success on. But I just had to go to the Hard Pound family because of Stu, what he's done. I mean, like, look, it, it wasn't until this latest run with the tag belts with the Usos that finally sold me on the fact that they are one of the best WWE tag teams um, ever. But, like, at the same point in time, look, you. Go to Stu Hart and his contributions, aside from his sons, the number of legendary wrestlers that he has trained trained, have come out of the Hart dungeon. And that's really what I was thinking as well. Yeah, and and I mean, just like Brett Noen, their success and everything, I look, it's it's the Hearts. Same. This next one's going to be a Texas treat. We got Dusty, Dustin, and Cody versus Fritz, Carrie. And pick one. <laughs> it's pick them. All right, let me. Von Erichs versus the Rhodes. Have fun with that one. Look, you know what? The the one argument that I could definitely make and why I would go with the Rhodes over uh, the Von Erichs. Von Erichs were the biggest shit in Texas. I don't think they were necessarily that big outside of the state. I mean, big, yes, but not dusty big. Not currently like Cody Big right now. I, I'm gonna go with the Rhodes. I'm gonna go the Von Ericks, man, because people just forget what could have been, and I think just how big they were in Dallas. I mean, my God, they had such potential to be. Three of them could have been champions. I just would, and maybe because you know Ramsey said Texas, I'm thinking Texas, but I'm also trying to think globally as well. Kerry Von Erich had major success. Uh, Mike had success in New Japan, then he d- died, but. Does the match take place in Dallas in the Sportatorium? Of course. Mother All the great matches are going <laughs> to go in the Sportatorium. But you guys you guys, guys remember about Fritz. When he was wrestling, he changed, he made sure the Von Erich last name, he chose the Von Erich last name to get sympathy and heat, well, not sympathy, but heat from the fans for being a Nazi sympathizer, a Nazi sympathizer mm-hmm. back then, back in the 30s and 40s, Can you imagine the balls to do that, and then to keep it and continue with it, he is probably the greatest heel of all Here's an time. Another thing we're forgetting about Fritz von Erich. He, w- if he it was wasn't wrestling in the 30s and 40s. It was like the 50s. No, it, it was in the 40s. It was in the 40s. I think the 40s. Ma- maybe the 40s, but yeah, but definitely not 40s the 30s. 40s and 50s, and he had a, a Nazi back then with World War II. That was insane. But yeah. we also forget this about Fritz von Erich that I want to add that we're missing a point. If it wasn't for Fritz von Erich, there might not be a Mark Calloway as a wrestler. 
Texas Red. It was because he looked like his son that got him to be like, you know what, kid? Come have a tryout with us. Try for my promotion with a world-class championship wrestling. He gave him a trial because he looked like his son that passed. And he was like, he fell for the kid. Because Undertaker just stayed there waiting to get a, a meeting with somebody. And Fritz was like, yeah, I'll give you a try. So for that alone, I go Fritz. That Von Eriks. I'm still going to go with the Rhodes. But, Ramsey, your call on this one. By the way, I mean, we have Raw on in the background. So the maximum male models, that's no more, right? I mean... I don't know how to answer that because I saw him not that long ago, but now she's with them. So I mean, look, give me more Maxine, please. I was gonna say Ramsey, what's the verdict here? I am um, okay. You are right. It was in the fifties. It was nineteen fifty-three. He made his debut, but still, yeah, the but Nazi he sympathizer. Like ten years later, that's insane. Because I was gonna say, like, because his sons were there in the eighties, and it's like if he was wrestling in the thirties, he'd be more like Grandpa Fritz than Papa yeah, Fritz. You know right, what I, I mean? That's a dying claw. Uh, it's going to be the Von Eriks. The American dream weeps. Hey, baby. He had no match for the Iron Claw. So the last mini bracket we got is going to be, you know what, we're, we've been talking this whole thing, and we touched a little bit about daughters. So, you know, they had that movie Father and Daughter, or Daughter and Father, a couple of years ago. What? Uh, it is a movie. It's a good movie. Um, and, of course, I have a s- uh, sweet spot for daughters. Uh, we have a bracket just for fathers and daughters. So we got Ric Flair, Charlotte Flair, versus Tully and Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> oh, man. And this is a war of words. This is actually a really <laughs> That's a very smart thinking. I love this because you got the four horsemen, Tully uh-huh. and Rick, and then you got the two. The, the, uh, Tessa Blanchard, with all the negativity aside, TNA pushed this girl to be like, because they had nothing really going for them. She was the so world They made her the world champion. champion, which is effing insane. And mind you, I think it was in a three-way match. She beat Sammy Callahan. Well, she might have just beat him straight up in a hardcore match. But they were going to go all in on Tessa Blanchard as being like the dominant women's wrestler. And then she kind of put her foot in her mouth by, you know, just being difficult to work with. Being a bitch. She may have said some things. I can't confirm if she did or not. W- just what could have been if, w- if she would have not been controversial when she was in NXT. Yeah, that's true, too. Exactly. Now, nobody wants to touch her because, like, she's just... She causes trouble everywhere she everywhere goes. Everywhere she goes, and the l- girls don't like her. So who wants to deal with that negativity in the back in the locker room? Go figure that how Tully is now... Doing more for wrestling than Rick, and Charlotte's doing more in wrestling than Tess. It's like yin and yang, opposites opposites of each. But in their prime, all of them. Oh man, this is a difficult one. Dude, Tully was a hell of a worker. He really I mean. was, and I would have loved to have seen Tully versus Rick matches, which he probably did have, but I can't recall any. They were just two two members of the Four Horsemen. I mean, I'm going Rick and Charlotte. I was trying to make a case for the Blanchards, but you still technically kind of can. But, yeah, I got to go just world championships and players. I mean, if they, like I said, if there's one thing that Tessa can hold over Charlotte, it's the fact that she got to hold a men's title. Yeah. I mean, I know Ramsey's going to shit on it by saying it was TNA or Impact, but she did hold one. 
I'm glad you said it because I don't have to say it. <laughs> I was waiting for it. All right. The last matchup we got. Jim Nightheart and Natalia Nightheart versus The Butcher and Luna Vachon. Oh, I was hoping you were going to bring that one up. You mean Mad Dog? No, Mad Dog was her uncle. Butcher's her, her uh, dad. Ah. I love Luna Vachon, man. I don't know what it is about her. She was scary, but at the same time, I was oddly, weirdly attracted to her as a kid, which was crazy. She gave me a fear boner. <laughs> she, um, I liked it when she was with Goldust. That's what like it made me laugh. Like the crazy outfits they put her in and shit. But man, she was just crazy. She was fucking nuts. You gonna beat that bitch? She kill you. <laughs> she kill you in bed too, man. I, That's I, the I, first I person ever said I ever heard say that Luna Vachon was really fucking attractive. Yes, sir. I know. Yeah. Well, especially when she had like the what did it turn you on when she had like the veins uh, painted on her on her face coming down? It reminded him of a penis. That's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 but now, man, I would have loved to have seen Luna Vachon like in today's wrestling. She Kurt's, just wild Kurt's and crazy. Uh, favorite threesome memory would have probably been Karma and fucking uh, Luna. Oh God! <laughs> oh man. <laughs> TNK, Death by Snoo Snoo. <laughs> oh, shit. I, if you think of, like, uh, imagine, like, crazy Nikki Cross with, uh, it was an insanity, but, like, times three or four to me. Like, Luna was legit crazy and tough. And I just I don't think she gets the credit she deserves, unfortunately. You know, it, but but to, to flip side, and I know we're seeing Natty wrestling more of like the current stars now. And I mean, she's been a staple in the WWE now for like 15 years almost. But she's like Natty in her prime, if she actually had like this crop of talent to work with, I would have loved to have seen that. Because I mean, we're we're getting Natty now. Much older. older, and she's been around since about 2007, 2008. They, um, for all due respect to uh, Natalia Neidhart, she's like the hottest fucking wrestler yeah, woman of all so. time. So, but I gotta <laughs> say this about I'll say this about uh, Natalia Neidhart. I probably will give it to the Neidhart. Oh, I didn't mean that. By that statement, I was not talking about Natty. I was showing a picture of Beulah. Yeah, no, I was, I yeah. that's why. <laughs> yeah, oh, for the <laughs> listeners, I'm sorry. To the <laughs> listeners out there, yeah, yeah. Um, now, Natalia Nine has been there for like oh, probably 15 years, and she's towards the end of her career. But yeah, to your point, had she like been a rookie now in today's crop of women's wrestling, you probably would she'd be much higher up on this list. I'll go with the Nine just because of na- the legacy what Natty's like Natalia's done. I concur. Okay, so that kind of like blew up in my face, but okay. Uh, Let's finish that up. Flares, the Flares versus the Nyharts. Oh, I mean, Flare. I got to go. Yeah, I got to go Flare. All right. Uh, going up to our Frios, we have the Hearts versus the Von Erics. Hearts. Yeah, I'd have to go. I mean, I'm trying to make a case for the Von Erics, but I had to go with the Hearts just because we talked about this earlier where, like, the father who had, like, the most talent superstars, I still go the hearts just because of you know Stu training all the other guys as well the with in the uh, lines then we got the, the heart, heart dungeon ca- yeah heart dungeon i'm sorry we, we have the mulligan wyndham 
um, Family versus the Mysterios. You know that we got Dom on TV right now. Uh, that I mean, again, that's a that's a tough one. I, I I think again, if we go on accomplishment alone, you go I, you got to go with the Wyndhams. Yeah, as much as I love the Mysterio Ray Mysterio, I have to go Wyndhams on this one. Dom is the cur- right now probably the best heel on them on them on a th- right now you got two things going. He's with fucking Judgment Day. He's probably the greatest heel right now in WWE. And mo- he's with mommy. You know. Uh but you guys said what? Windoms. Windoms. Uh, okay. And then the next one we're going to go is quickly is Gagne's versus Crockett's. God, even just, if I'm just thinking promotion, not taking wrestlers, just like the wrestling career of the Gagne's, just promoters, this is still a really difficult one for me to answer. But I'll go with the Gagne's. I think I, g- I, I mean, I'll go with them as well, if only because, I, like, from a promoter standpoint, like, Croc, like, how many creations did Crockett really have? Because, like, Dusty, you could make the case, created more of those characters than than the Crockett's did. So, I mean, yeah, I'd go, I'd go with the Ganyas on that. All right, so we got uh, the Gagne's winning the owners and promotion bracket. We got the father-son uh, bracket with the Mulligan-Wyndham duel. And we got the Hearts and the Frios and the Flares and the Fathers and Daughters. And going th- going from that, um, that was just a little quick little thing I made because I know I didn't, I didn't think you guys were going to be prepared. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't have all uh, all three of the. Or I'm surprised you didn't have us match up against those winners brackets or whatever. But it's kind of hard to do when you're going yeah, promoters different and different each, things. Yeah. So it was just like it was just little mini brackets. But going from there, I got my top five. I know I haven't done my my rampage uh, five in a while. So I got uh, the top five wrestling sperm donors. In the game. <laughs> okay. Five, Vern Gagne. Nice. And that's because he got the, what he created also, the created sperm that he made in, in wrestling that we still have the fruits to bear as we speak today. Uh, number four, we got Dusty. Yep. Number three, we got Blackjack Mulligan. Uh, number two, Stu Hart, and I'm sorry. Number one, it's Fritz. It's Fritz von, Fritz von Eric. Just like I said, there's too many what ifs. Oh, it's your list, man. I can't. I won't disagree. It's kind of flip flop. Yeah, but it is the top my the rampage top five wrestling sperm donors. But if you want to talk about like a guy having his gimmick, right, and then having sons that could possibly further perpetuate said gimmick 
because they were all handsome, blonde hair. I don't know if they necessarily had the blue eyes or not, but you want to talk about, like, you know, Nazi sympathizer, quote-unquote, then having a bunch of little, like, Aryan youth children. Yeah, but they end up coming to being the gr- one of the greatest heels of all time. All his sons were red-hot baby, baby faces. Baby faces, exactly. And, 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 and Fritz was a baby face himself uh, once he became promoter and once he, you know, was basically manager of his of his kids, so to speak. So, no, just crazy, crazy to think about how that all panned out. I'm not going to necessarily, actually, because you want to talk about, like, creative legacy and stuff like that. I would have to put Stu at one. Yet again, not just because of all of his kids, all of his son-in-laws that were wrestlers, but then also all the other people that were trained in the Heart Dungeon that then went on and became wrestlers. I mean, technically, Jericho... Not 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 actually trained in the dungeon, but trained by the Hart family. But you also have like Chris Benoit. I say Chris Benoit. Lance yeah. Storm, which kind of goes yep. hand in hand with um, with Jericho. Uh, but I mean, there's a number of other Canadian like big Canadian wrestlers that came out of the dungeon. You know, let me tell you about, about about first. Also, the World Class Championship uh, Wrestling logo. He was the logo. It's him with the claw. Not surprising at all. He, he is, is the, the logo. <laughs> He's the logo. You can't uh, fucking Stu Hart's. W- w- what logo Stu Hart is? A heart? Ain't no fucking logo. Okay. You can you tell I just don't like the hearts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just... Eight-year-old Kirk's crying over there after that statement. Yeah, and I was just looking at some of these lists of the trainees of the uh, Heart Dun- or the um, yeah, the Heart Dungeon. And some of these I question because it's older. But no, we keep going. So. What 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 did you <laughs> what did you forget? What did you? I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell right now. I already knew yeah, I'm going to hell, but up. but at least. The views of everything. What? Just start saying about how the views of what I'm about to say is strictly mine. Oh, okay. Oh, I know what he's getting at. Okay. <sighs> the following opinions that are about to be expressed are Ramsey's thoughts and his thoughts alone. He does not speak for the rest of the region. Marks, go ahead. Least, okay. One thing I'll give you about Stu Hart. Lisa's son had that splat ending where the Von Erics were just booms. And with that, we will continue with the show. That was dark, but look, man, your 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 joke had potential. He he at least Owen went on top. Your joke had potential. I don't think you stuck the landing. It's not a joke. I'm just saying it was it's a fact. There 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 was another play upon words in there. I think you just glossed right over it. No, it just pretty much just it was just splat. I almost said earlier in the fucking thing when he was talking about when you guys were talking about Owen. You know what's crazy? No, the fact that I love dark humor, I love comedy. You're allowed to have insane, whatever you want to take it. It, you know, look, that really did happen. Who cares? I don't. Whatever, man. You can say dark shit. It's it's a fucking podcast. Say whatever you want. Like, 
Hon- are you really that offended? It sucks that he's gone, but it's true. I'm not offended. I just think like the joke could joke had potential. I don't think he stuck the landing. It wasn't a joke. That was the original. Talking about was splat versus boom. Yeah, no, that's what happened. All the yeah. uh, Von Erichs. His shit was on on caught on TV. He went out on top. Von Erichs was in a fuck on the hill in fucking Dallas. Uh, all right, let's move on. <laughs> Any ideas of what we're going to be doing next week, Ramsey? Fucking have no fucking clue. <laughs> we have Forbidden Door coming up this weekend. Uh, and then we got the AW game coming out next week. After that, we just had collision. How about this? I'm gonna give y'all to the 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 spot next week. Of talking about the review on the game. We'll touch upon collision. Maybe the game. Maybe uh, well, Forbidden Door will happen. We'll we'll have subject matter to talk about next week. I was gonna say real quick. Not that we're gonna do a deep dive into it, but what was your thoughts of the first uh, collision TNK? It was nice. It had. The fact that it was on a Saturday night was crazy. Wrestling kind of took you back to like Saturday night main event. In a what sense. do you think of the intro music? Elton John with Saturday. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Clichéd, but I, I maybe I need to listen to it some more to get used to it. I'm up to it a little bit. I'm up to it a little bit, especially when they came, when they actually went live into the arena and they had the whole Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. I mean, they gave the. <laughs> It's not like Tony Khan's hurting for money, bro. It had brother. a nitro vibe to it because of the color scheme, TNT, all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what to think, man. I thought the I thought the quality of the the wrestling from top to bottom was good. If they keep the the stages separate like that, it gives it a unique feel, like a Raw SmackDown, different brand split. So I like that it didn't have the dynamite vibe to it. It was a little bit different, but we'll see where it goes. Thought the 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 commentary team of uh, Kevin Kelly. Nigel, Nigel McGuinness, McGuinness was a good duo. I liked it. I, I couldn't fucking hear shit because the damn crowd was so freaking loud for CM Punk. But yeah, they thought they did a good job, Kevin Kelly and Nigel. I did like them. Yeah. What you, what's your thoughts about uh, this Wednesday that the Elite will not be on Dynamite, but there is um, rumors that they are bringing in CM Punk for the show. They are in Chicago. Well, you have to at yeah. this point. Yeah. Rating. Well, and because you know for a fact if the elite come out, I mean, the Chicago crowd's already made their uh, voices heard of what they think of the elite. So That is a wet dream matchup right there. We're looking at uh, Raw, and we see Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez eyeing each other down backstage to, to qualify Ramsey's quote. I would definitely have to bring an extra pair of underwear when that match happens. And I know Luna, Karma. I (laughs) no. Although I am a fan of Raquel Rodriguez, yes, I do find her pretty, even though she's my size, probably might be bigger than me. Anyway, Collision was good. I'm excited for Forbidden Door. We actually got some really good matches. We only got four matches confirmed. There's no women matches as of now, so the card might just play out as it is. We'll find out more on mon- on Wednesday. What else they got? I'm so. I'm curious if Punk's going to be announcing a match because Punk was supposed to wrestle at the last one and then he got hurt. Yeah, they haven't announced anything on that one. I think FTR is going to fight the uh, Golden. Uh, uh, the the two guys. The from the elite or not the elite, but uh the Bullet Club, the Golden. Oh, club uh, uh, Bullet yeah. Club Gold. Yeah. There you go. Um, 
Yeah, no, so I mean, I'm going to be excited for Forbidden Door this weekend. I'm going to be excited for Money in the Bank the following weekend, even though I'll be working. The, so is the video game come out this week or next week? Oh, next, next Thursday. Week. Oh, so, uh, all right. Then I don't, I don't know what the next show is going to be. Oh, no, we'll, we'll just talk about all the stuff that's going down. So yeah, I'm excited. Forbidden Door. But uh, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure we're coming up on the uh, two-hour mark. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Rage of Marks Wrestling Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your support. You can find us on Spotify and anywhere else you can get a podcast except for Apple. We had that uh, discussion before about why we're not there. Who cares? I fucked up. Oh, <laughs> don't matter. We're good. Yeah. Fuck Apple. But uh, no, thanks for tuning in. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Ravishing Randy. TNK signing off. And Rampage out. We'll see you next time.